John chapter six, verse 25 is where we'll start and they'll put it up on the screens for you. I'm reading from the NIV today. It says this, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered, verily, truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because of the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. I love this because this is such a clear picture of how often Jesus hears a question and completely ignores the question. Like if you've ever really read through the New Testament, you see this all the time. Somebody asks Jesus a question and he just completely changes the topic. I love this about Jesus. Matter of fact, this is going to be one of my first questions. Like, do we just always ask dumb questions? Is that why you don't like answer them straightforward? I think it was because he had such a limited time here. He couldn't mess around with the foolishness of some of our questions. He had to get truly right into the heart of the matter. Of the matter. Aren't you thankful for Jesus that he sees beyond all of the fluff and gets right into the heart of the matter? And this is, this is how he answers. And so he says in verse 27, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Now you're getting ready to hear these next two verses are two of the most important verses in the entire Bible. Watch what the Bible says here. Then they asked him, what must we do to do the works of God? Now, this is a good question because Jesus answers directly. Jesus answered and says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Why is that so important? Why is that such a important part of the Bible? It's, it's important because it sums up the entirety of the new covenant versus what was happening under the old covenant. Under the old covenant, there was, a, there was a bunch of rules and regulations that you had to follow so that God would be pleased with you and judgment wouldn't fall on you. But now in the New Testament, in order for God to be pleased with us, all we have to do is believe in the one who God has put his seal of approval on. Are you thankful? I know that's a small shift. That's a small shift from, from I'm doing this to make God happy with me to I'm doing this because God is happy, ha happy with me. Is, is there anybody thankful for that small shift that has taken place? That's the difference between the law and grace is that we love him because he first loved us. Everything I do now as a Christian is in response to what God has done for me. I'm not trying to get God to do something for me. Everything I do is in response to what God has already done for me. When Jesus hung on the cross and died, he said, it is finished. Why? Because it is finished. Is anybody in this room grateful for Jesus who God's seal of approval is on? And so God says, Jesus says to us, he says, Hey, to do the works of God, just believe in the one he sent. That's a powerful change in mindset. Very small change, but a massive change. Now the rest of this story, watch this. Verse 30 says, so they asked him, what sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, 
I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Come on, are you thankful for Jesus today? Father, we thank you for your word. We ask that over these next few moments, you would speak so clearly to us, challenges, changes. God, we wanna see how we can receive more of you into our lives, how to relate to you better, how to, how to respond to you better, how to see clearly what you're doing in our lives better. Show us you so we can see who you've called us to be so that we leave this place different than how we came in. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, does anybody in this room like bread? If you don't like bread, I feel bad for you. I don't know if you're on like a bread fast or you just need to cut bread out or what, what kind of drama is going on in your life that you don't like bread. But uh, I love bread. Could you, could you do me a favor real quick and just kind of shout out some restaurants you like that have really good bread? Keep, just keep them coming. Just, just some, give me another one. Give me a, I hear, I heard, I heard Olive Garden. I heard, I, I heard, uh, I heard Giovanni's. I, I heard, we used to have a place here called Johnny Caruso's. They had really good bread. But my favorite bread is at Carrabba's. And yeah, we can go ahead and give Carrabba a praise break this morning. <laughs> it's changed my life just as much as the Lord, actually. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh. <laughs> it's changed the way I look, actually. <laughs> I didn't look like this before Carabas. I have pictures pre-Carabas, post-Carabas. Um, probably go to Carabas this afternoon, but no, I, lo I love Carabas bread. And the reason I like the bread there is not just because the bread is so good, but because of, of the oil that they bring with the little spices or whatever. But can I, can I let you in on a little secret? Maybe you're not as elevated in your mind as me and as, as classy when it comes to, to food and all of this stuff. Maybe you don't watch the cooking channels, but you can get some balsamic vinegar and you can pour it in that oil and you can dip your bread in that balsamic with that oil and you, you actually become a better person than the people sitting at your table, God actually elevates you up to the third heaven, and there's, <laughs> I'm so weird, I don't know what my problem is, but I, I love bread, <laughs> I love bread, I love some like Olive Garden bread, and you order like some, uh, some Alfredo sauce with that, don't you think that because I talk about food so much that just all of these restaurants should just let us all eat free, I, I just think, <laughs> bread is awesome, and uh, my kids love bread so much. Matter of fact, it's like, it's, it's a struggle to get my kids to eat anything other than bread, especially Aaliyah, like, she just loves bread. I'm like, hey, Aaliyah, I wanna introduce you to this thing right here. It's called an orange, and it's really good for you. <laughs> These are carrots, yeah, and you say stuff like, your eyes are going to fall out, and you're going to be blind if you don't eat carrots, <laughs> and you will die if you keep eating bread, especially with that butter that's got the cinnamon in it. Who is the person? Who is the genius? Who is the godlike figure that created the butter and cinnamon combo? Do you remember years ago, there used to be a restaurant in Johnson City called Grady's? 
all, all, the, all the woke people said yes and amen. There was this restaurant, it was over by where Bonefish Grill is right now, and all these restaurants, I need some, I need some gift cards. <laughs> and uh, I've gotten a lot of gift cards from, for Cheddar's this month for Pastor's Appreciation. <laughs> I said Cheddar's one time, and all these gift cards I started getting, so I've been eating apple pie like crazy. I weigh 300 pounds. So, <laughs> so anyway, there was this restaurant called Grady's, and they had this butter with some cinnamon in it, and it was like heaven, and and, and so I take my kids out to the restaurant, and I, we have all, all, all good intentions of ordering vegetables. But you, you eat so much bread that you can't eat your meal. Have you ever done this where you, like, show up, and you're like, you order bread, and you, you, you're like, I shouldn't have even ordered this bread. And you start eating this bread, and then your meal gets there, and you're like, I'm not even hungry. Give me a to-go box. Or you're like me, and you just shove it down anyway. You just... You do all that. And so, like, my kids, I'm trying to get them to, to eat vegetables. I'm like, here's this green bean. If you'll eat five of them, you can have ice cream. <laughs> and, 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 and they start to eat it, and they start getting upset. And I'm like, it's okay. Just, just eat the bread. Just, just don't cry. Just stop crying. Just stop crying. It's, I'm, I feel like I'm in a counseling session this morning. I'm like, I love bread. My kids are crazy. <laughs> Help me. <sighs> bread. Jesus, John 6, he, <laughs> he, he can feel this, this same thing that we feel about bread because this group of people, he literally tells them in verse 26 of John 6, he says, you didn't even come searching for me <laughs> because of the signs and the wonders. You came searching for me because you like that bread I gave you. <laughs> That's literally why they were following Jesus, but what... They didn't even understand, but what Jesus understood fully was that what he was doing was he was igniting something in their life, a hunger that they didn't even know they were aware of. They didn't even know that they were aware of this hunger. And Jesus was making them aware of this hunger by connecting that this hunger that we all have for food to this hunger that we have for life to be full. Like our bellies are full with bread. After Karabas, God says, I am the life giving bread that makes not only your belly full, but your life full. I'm the bread of life. And they connect it to this Old Testament story in Exodus. And they say, Jesus, well, well what sign are you going to prove? Uh, 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 Moses, he gave us bread from heaven. What are you going to do? And Jesus says, I am the bread that has come from heaven. I did all of this in your life. I sparked this curiosity so that you would follow me, so that you would realize that the most important thing about following me is not the product of following me, but the person you are following. Like, I, I don't know if you know this about God, but the most important thing about following God is not the stuff that God can give us or do for us, but it's actually God himself that is the most important thing about following God. So when we find Jesus, Jesus is really the point of it all. But very often, like these people who are following Jesus, they get distracted by the product of Jesus, and instead they're missing the person of Jesus. And Jesus is trying to teach us that you can have your belly full, but your life be empty. You can have stuff, but your life be empty. I'm the bread of life. I want to take us to Exodus to show us how there's such a great comparison to how Jesus operates in our life, how he satisfies us, and how this bread came into the life of these 
people in, in the book of Exodus. The Bible tells us here in Exodus chapter 16, and you can turn there if you want. If not, it's okay. I'll read it to you, and you can follow along on the screens. But Exodus chapter 16, verses 13 through about 17, the Bible says this. So it was that quails came up at evening and covered the camp. And in the morning, the dew lay all around the camp. And when the layer of dew lifted there, on the surface of the wilderness was a small round substance as fine as frost on the ground. So when the children of Israel saw it, they said to one another, what is it? The King James Version says, they said manna, for they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. <laughs> Watch this. Verse 16. This is the thing which the Lord has commanded. Let every man gather it according to his need, one omer for each person, according to the number of persons. Let every man take for those who are in his tent. Verse 19. And then Moses said, let no one leave any of it until the morning, notwithstanding they did not heed Moses. But some of them left part until morning, and it bred worms, and it stank. And Moses was angry with them, and they gathered it every morning, every man according to his need. And when the sun became hot, it melted. Well, that's really interesting, Robbie, and thanks for the Old Testament lesson, but what does that have to do with Jesus being the bread of life? I think it's very interesting and there's so many, so many pictures and types of Jesus and his story in here. And I'll show you just a few today. Verse 15, the Bible says that when the, Israel, that when the children of Israel saw it, they said to another, one another, what is it? But before they could ever see it, watch what happened. Verse 13 through 14. Watch this. When the layer of dew lifted there on the surface of the wilderness was a small round sub substance as fine as frost on the ground. Watch this. The dew lifts, the bread is seen. The dew lifts, the bread is seen. Dew is just water, tiny drops of water. All throughout Scripture, Jesus is compared with bread. The Spirit of God, though, is comparable to water. It's an amazing thing that before the bread is seen, the dew has to lift. In other words, the dew is revealing the bread. It's, it's such a New Testament principle for us that the Spirit of God comes. The Spirit of God is literally the harbinger of Jesus. In other words, it's just someone that announces the coming of someone else. The Spirit of God announces that Jesus is coming. Matter of fact, Jesus said to his disciples, when I leave, I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit to you, and he is going to tell people about me. Jesus, the bread, is revealed by the Holy Spirit, the dew. So in order for you to see Jesus, you have to have the Holy Spirit. I think that's good news for you and me today because a lot of people think that the Holy Spirit is something that comes on us just after we get saved in this baptism of the Holy Ghost, but that's not really the, the total reality of what happens. The Holy Spirit actually has to reveal Jesus to us before we ever can be saved because we don't know who Jesus is unless the Holy Spirit points him out to us. 
The Holy Spirit is like John the Baptist who, as he's walking by, Jesus says, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The reason you are in this room right now, it doesn't matter what your history of theology about the Holy Spirit is. The reason you're in this room right now is because of the Holy Ghost. I don't care if you believe in the Holy Spirit or not. You are in this room today as a result of the Holy Spirit's activity in your life, revealing Jesus to you. You might have come from a Baptist background or a Pentecostal background or a Methodist background. All of us needed the same Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to us. All of us. I, the bread cannot be seen if the dew doesn't reveal the bread. It can't be seen. The Spirit of God convicts us of our sins and we are aware that Jesus is necessary for salvation. And he becomes the bread of life. We cannot live without the power of the Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit activity in our church. We need him in our lives. We need him working in our families, on our jobs. We need the power of the Holy Spirit, no matter what it is in the Bible, whether it's prophetic words or healings, all of it comes to reveal Jesus. That's why we're even here today. We're not here to reveal Robbie or our skilled band. We're here to reveal Jesus. All of this is a setup to show you who Jesus is. It's, 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 it's fueled by the Holy Spirit to reveal the nature of Jesus in your life. What else, what else do the tiny droplets of water do? If you look up the word do, that's what it means in the dictionary, tiny droplets of water reminds me of tears, makes me think of, of weeping, makes me think of a scripture in Psalm 30 that says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Have you, have you ever heard that? Have you ever, you ever said that? Have you ever gone through that? Have you, have you ever woken up to a mercy that is made brand new every single morning? Have, have, you, have you ever gone through pain and suffering so that glory could be revealed, so that Jesus could be revealed? Have you ever had something happen in, in your life that you didn't understand it, but it happened, and on the other side of it, you realized that Jesus truly was all you need? See, some people say Jesus is all I need, but you don't know Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you have. And I'm telling you, sometimes you gotta get through the tears, sometimes you gotta get through the night so that the bread can be revealed in your life, so that you can see that all of that stuff that you were crying over. Some of it was important. Some of it wasn't important. But none of it was the bread of life. None of it was sustaining you. None of it was holding you up. Some of you didn't realize it until that person left you and you woke up the next morning and you were still here. Some of you didn't realize it until you lost that job and you thought your life was over, but you woke up and you are still here. I'm just telling you this morning that on the other side of your tears, on the other side of your pain, on the other side of your suffering is the bread of life. He reveals himself. He said, I'm gonna wait till you get through this night, then I'm gonna show you what, what true bread looks like. I'm gonna let you cry over that person that walked away. I'm gonna let you cry over that thing that happened in your life. But I'm gonna show you that when the tears stop, when the dew is lifted, that the bread of life is there. That the thing that you were counting on to sustain you and build you up and lift you up 
wasn't really going to satisfy you ever in your life anyway. And that the only one who could truly give you what you want and bring into your life what you need was the bread of life. His name is Jesus Christ. He gives us life. Life. So the dew had to lift so that the bread could be revealed. (laughs) What's what happens? The Bible says, so the dew lifts, the bread is revealed, their, their source and supply is right there on the ground, and they're looking at it. <laughs> and the Bible says they go, manna. They weren't calling it bread. This manna is not the word for bread. The word manna means, what is it? I, I, I don't know if like you've asked God for some things in your life, and then stuff showed up in your life, and you were like, what is that? <laughs> I was thinking this morning about maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you were praying for a spouse. And I was thinking maybe about a woman. Maybe she's praying for this husband. And all of a sudden, she's thinking like in her mind, she's praying. And she's believing for a husband. And she's believing God. He's, he's going to be awesome. He's going to be the back of her mind. She's like, he's going to be 6'2 and, and have a tan and drive a BMW and have a really good job. And he's going to look like he was chiseled out of stone. And up shows like a thing looks like it fell out of a jello container. <laughs> And you, you're looking at it like, what is that? And God said, that's your spouse, baby. <laughs> I'm just telling you, first of all, you have to understand this. For, for, for Jesus to be revealed, the Holy Spirit has to, be, has to be a part of it. The second part you have to understand is that when the blessing does come, when the bread is revealed, it's not going to look like what you thought it was going to look like. Very often when God brings blessing into our life, we look at it and say, what is it? What is that? That's your husband. That's your new job. That's your new house. But Jesus, I was praying for a new house. And no, it's, it's an old one. You're going to have to fix it up. But Jesus, it doesn't look like what I thought it was going to look like. Why, 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 why? Why does he do that? Because if it looked like what we wanted it to look like, we would waste it. We, we wouldn't treat it properly. We wouldn't, we, we wouldn't eventually see it how God sees it because we would be so caught up in what it looked like then when, if it changed its look, we couldn't love it anymore. But God brings it to us in a condition that looks foreign to us so that when they don't look the way they used to look, <laughs> we can still love them. I'm just telling you, some of you this morning, you, you thought you were going to marry a guy with a chin, and he actually did have a chin. He had three of them. He showed up. With, <laughs> he said, ah, he said he didn't have a jawline. It, it got lost a long time ago at Carabas. <laughs> I'm just telling you, sometimes in your life, you're looking for God to deliver stuff to you in this pre-made package that you thought up and you imagined, and he comes into your life and he says, I'm not coming that way and I'm not coming in that form and I'm not coming in that fashion. And if you're not careful, you'll miss it because of your prejudice. You'll miss it because of your preconceived ideas. You'll miss it because you thought it was supposed to be this way. You'll miss it because you didn't think it was gonna come from a black man. You thought it was gonna come from a white man. You didn't, you, you, you'll, you'll miss it because you, you thought it was gonna come through a man and God said, I'm gonna bring it through a woman. 
I'm just telling you, some of y'all are missing stuff in your life because it doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. And God's saying your blessing is standing right in front of you. Your prejudice is just causing you to miss, miss out. And so I'm telling God, I'm like, I don't care what the package looks like that you deliver my meal in as long as my meal gets delivered. I don't care what color the hand is that's reaching out to help as long as the hand is reaching out to help. I don't care if it's a man or a woman. I don't care if they're black or white or yellow or brown or green. As long as they are reaching out with my deliverance, I don't care who my deliverance comes through. I'm telling you this morning, don't miss what God is doing because of your prejudice, because of your preconceived ideas and what you think about other people. <laughs> he said, uh, that's your provision. They said, what is it? He said, that's your provision. That's, that's the bread. That's, that's your supply. You're like, but I don't, I don't like its package. I don't, like, I don't like how you wrapped it up. I don't like what it came in. I said, I didn't ask you what you like. Matter of fact, sometimes I like to send it in a package you don't like just so I can continue to break down all of the crazy stuff that keeps you from being who I've called you to be. There are a lot of people in this church, and when you first came to this church, you didn't, you didn't really actually like it that much. You first walked in, and you said, uh, what's up? This is pretty loud in here. And you went back in the back and you grabbed some of those earplugs that we stick on that table sometimes in the back. And you sat there and you just kind of sat there and you had that like stinky face on all day. Just like, I don't know about this. My kids, my little kids is coming to this church, but I don't even know about this. I ain't never been to a weirdo church like this. They got lights flashing everywhere. Somebody going to have a daggum <laughs> fall on the floor and start having convulsions in here with all these lights flashing like that. And then the preacher gets up. Oh, my God, look at him. Look Look at that boy up there with his holy jeans and his hoodie on. Who does he think? You cannot be a man of God dressed like that. Lord Jesus, Fred, we got to get out of here. The demons are going to come in here pretty soon. Somebody with green hair and tattoos is going to walk up there next. I don't know what in the world's going to. And you somehow gutted it out. And at the end, you're like, that's my bread. That's where God has called me. And all of your preconceived ideas about what church should be and look like got torn down. And because you stuck it out and you stayed, God is now blessing your life as a result. Now watch this. That's why you cannot give on, up on people so quick. Because you got to wait for the dew to lift. If you don't wait for the dew to lift, all you'll see is dew. And some people have an, a double anointing of dew. It's called doo-doo anointing. <laughs> and all, when you look at your life, that's all you see is dew, dew. But if you give up too quick, you'll miss out on the fact that that dew is actually stirring something up in their life. And, it, and when the dew lifts, you'll see Jesus. No, nobody, when a woman comes to you and looks at you and she's in her first month or two or three or four of pregnancy, looks at you and says, hey, I'm pregnant. And you look at her and because she's not showing, you look at her and go, no, you're not. Nobody does that. 
But very often, when a person comes to Christ or somebody's coming back to God or somebody's trying to get their life turned around, we want results immediately. And God is just saying, just give the do some time to do what the do does. And when the do lifts, you'll actually see Jesus. But if you throw them out before the do does what the do does, then you'll miss out possibly on your blessing. Shouldn't give up on them. I'm so thankful. That Monica, let the do do what the do does in my life. Can you imagine you're 19 years old and you move from Pennsylvania to come all the way to Tennessee to marry this 19-year-old and the madness that is associated with being married to a child? <laughs> I, I'm not even figured out what I'm going to do, like... I'm just like, hey, marry me, sure. Move to Tennessee, 500 miles away from all of your family, sure. And then she gets here, and I'm a lunatic. <laughs> if she didn't let the do do what the do does, she would have walked out on me when I was 20 years old. Matter of fact, she probably would have walked out on me when I was 30. Matter of fact, she's probably saying, I'm still letting the do do what the do is supposed to do, should have done 22 years ago. <laughs> Don't give up on people. When the dew goes, the, the bread is seen. doesn't look like what you think it's going to look like. And watch this. This will be my final point. He says, and when, you, when, when it happens, when you see it, you got to go gather it. And everybody go, you, the, men, the man of the house, you go, the leader of the home, you go out. And in, in the day we live in, and even then, there were probably some single moms, some single dads, some, some different home situations. So whoever was the head of that house, they would go out and they would gather it. And they would, they would take as much as they would need. And then they would get one omen. Basically, I think a couple quarts or something like that was the, the connector there, kind of so you can see it. Uh, for each person in the house, for each person in their, in their tent. And so the leader of the home, uh, they, they ate or they gathered as much as they could eat. And, and they would gather according to their appetite. So, so your appetite as the leader of your home is very important. Because it sets the pace and the tone for the rest of your house. If you don't eat enough, then you'll be taking from their portion to satisfy your need. And you will be someone who is constantly withdrawing from your family and not depositing into your family. So it's very important that you make sure as the leader of your home that you fill your life with Jesus. Can I tell you, husband, it's not just the wife's job to be spiritual and pray and worship and read the Bible. and Like, you should do that as well. You should carry your own in that area of the home and in the house because how you eat is gonna affect the rest of your family. And if you don't eat right, you're gonna be draining to your spouse. You'll be pulling from, the, from your kids' resources because you don't have enough life to sustain you, you're going to be taking from theirs. That's important. And then he says, 
And when, when the day is, is at its end, I need you to take everything that you gathered that's left after you've eaten, and I need you to throw it out. Why? Because what he wanted to do was daily. That's why in the New Testament, Matthew 6, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus wants to fill us daily. In the same way that you get up and you daily go get a coffee or you daily go get lunch or you daily eat dinner. The same way Jesus says, I want to fill you daily. I don't want you living off an experience you had with me back in 1999. I don't want you living off of what happened to you when you really got on fire for me in 2012. I'm trying to do something in your life here. It's October 2018. I need you to throw away what I've done. I need you to be thankful, but I need you to get rid of it. I'm doing a brand new thing today. And if you don't get rid of it, it'll get rotten and it'll start to smell. No wonder religious people smell worse than anybody else. There is nothing that stinks up a church like religion. There's nothing that sinks up a church like this is how we used to do it. This is how it used to get done. This is what we used to do. This is how God really moved in our church. And this is what we did back then. There's nothing that stinks up a church more than this is what God used to do. And this is how God used to do it. There's nothing that will cause you to be more ungrateful for your life than this is how my marriage used to be. And this is how my life used to be. And this is how it was the good old days. Nothing will mess up your life like nostalgia will mess up your life. If you get nostalgic about the way it used to be and you cannot move into what God is doing now, then that thing that used to be a blessing to you will now be rotting out in your life and stinking up your life. And you not even recognize it, that you're not, we're not missing it. You're the one that's missing it. Sometimes we go into a church and we're like, well, it's not my, my church used to, this isn't what I'm used to. And maybe, maybe it isn't. Maybe that's because. God is saying, I want to do something in your life that's different, that isn't connected to how I used to do it, because how I used to do it isn't how I'm doing it anymore. I want to do something new in your life. Can you throw out that old manna? It's hard, isn't it? And Isaiah says, don't remember the former things. It's crazy because God, in that same chapter, he, he tells us all of this stuff that he's done for, for the Israelites. He said, I brought you through. I saved you. I delivered you. I brought you through the Red Sea. I did all of this stuff for you. Moses, he stretched out his, his, his staff and, and the waters. I did all of this stuff for you. He said, but do not remember the former things. Hold up, but you just rehearsed all of that stuff to us. No, what he was saying is I'm telling you everything I did and I'm telling you not to remember it because if you remember it, you'll think I'm doing that way again. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna open the waters like that again. I'm not gonna deliver you like that again. If you keep looking for it in the past, you'll miss out on your future. I don't know if there's anybody in this room today who just wants to stand on your feet and say, God, whatever you have for me in October of 2018, matter of fact, October 21st of 2018, that's what I want in my life. Come on, if you can, just throw your hands up to heaven and say, God, whatever you have for me in this day, this Sunday afternoon, 2018, October the 21st, whatever you have for me in this day, I want it. I want you to be the bread of 
of my life today. I don't want to live off of former experiences. I want to live off of a present experience with you. I want to know you today. I want to know you better today. I want to know you deeper today. I want to know you in a more intimate way today. I'm pressing in. I'm not staying in my tent waiting for the bread to come to me. I'm coming outside of my tent and I'm gathering in Jesus' name. Sometimes, church, it's not that God isn't blessing. It's just that we're not gathering. Heaven has been opened to us. The blessing of heaven is being poured out to us. So it's not that God isn't blessing in the day we live in. It's that we're not gathering. We're waiting for it to come to us. And God is saying, I've put it out here. I need you to go get it. In relationship with God, our intensity in our relationship with God is only as hot as we make it. It's only as intense as we make it. Jesus has proven his love for us. The intensity of his love for us was shown when he died on the cross for us. His, his love for us, it burns hot all the time. It's never his love that's in question, it's ours. So the intensity of my relationship, the, the amount of my gathering, the, 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 the quality of my fellowship with God is, is determined by my pursuit of him. And so today, God, today, help me. Help me, God, to recognize my need for the Spirit of God and His activity in my life. Help me to see that the bread isn't seen until the dew is lifted. Help me to make sure that I'm not missing out on my blessing because of my prejudice or my preconceived ideas. And God, help me to not get stuck in how you used to do it but see that you make your mercy brand new every single morning. You're wanting to do something in my life today for today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Come on, can we give the bread of life one just hand clap? Thank you for being life to us, Jesus.